for adding that on there <laughs> yes happy birthday to us yay, yay! we are one <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> babies don't cry elena what do they do they express themselves oh through shrieking and tears I love that one of our friends from high school has a baby that I'm now convinced is named after me, even though I don't even know if it's pronounced like my name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not going to say whose baby that is, but if you're listening, you might be able to figure that out. If you but, know, you know. Right. I-Y-K-Y-K. <laughs> Um, but anyway, yeah, we have been releasing episodes of Televisionary for one year now. It is our one year anniversary this week. And yeah. we are just uh, over the moon. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I am pretty excited. Although, to be honest with you, it feels both shorter and longer at the same time. Agreed. Yeah. It feels like we've been doing this for many, many years. And then also it feels like we're just getting started. I know. It's an, an interesting feeling, I guess, to have put a bunch of work into this for the last, well, over a year and a half now. Because we were, we were recording episodes right. for several months before we actually started releasing anything. Yeah. But then releasing for a year, like, it's been a lot of work that we've poured into this. And I... I'm proud of it and proud of us and still feels like we're we've got some of our best work ahead of us. <laughs> Somehow saying that feels l like a little bit like a backhanded compliment like oh your best work's ahead of you. <laughs> well I think we we just keep getting more confident and yes we get a better sense of what works and what doesn't on I know this what podcast. You mean. I think it's yeah. interesting. One of the most common comments I've gotten from people I know is how they're always like, you're just so much more confident now than you were at the beginning. And they'll, they've said mm -hmm. that about our episodes and the TikToks. And mm. I just think it's weird because I don't really feel any different. Uh-huh. Like I, I don't either. Yeah, like I, especially with the TikToks, I'm like, I've never really been that nervous to like make one of those and the episodes too. I mean, there's been times where I felt like underprepared, but I've never mm -hmm. really felt like not confident. And so then I'm like right. racking my brain and I'm like, what was like, was I? Or like, what was <laughs> I doing so differently that things feel different now? But yeah, I will say that I also feel like there are times on like pretty much every single episode when we record where I say something and listen to it back later and I go, boy, I sound like a bumbling idiot. Like no matter how good of a job you do with editing, I feel like words are always trying to trip over each other to get out of my mouth. 
and I have a weird shaped mouth that doesn't let words come out right sometimes. <laughs> and I just wonder why anyone wants to listen to me. But I guess a few people want to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you know what else is weird? I've had several gentlemen that I have either gone on dates with or like talked with on, you know, the apps that have that I've, you know, told about my podcast who will go and listen to it and they will say, "Oh, you have such a nice speaking voice. Your voice is perfect for that." And I'm like, "Are you sure you're listening to the right podcast?" <laughs> because or do you think that I'm Elena? Because I think my voice is not enjoyable to listen to at all most of the time. Interesting. For, right now comes to mind. I think that <laughs> <laughs> as I'm listening to myself talk in my own ears, it's just a, a horribly annoying sound. Wow. I definitely don't particularly find your voice annoying, but I will say there have been times, this is a deep confession, over the past mm -hmm. year where I've been editing you and I've been like, I can't fucking listen to this guy talk anymore. <laughs> but it's not because you don't sound good. It's just because, like, I know your speech pattern now like I know my own speech pattern. And it's yeah. just sometimes when you're in that editing mode, it's like, I do it to me, too. I'm like, I can't listen to me. Like, I, I can feel the breath coming. Like, I can feel the mistake coming. And, like, mm. it's just too irritating that's why you always got to edit your audio first thing in the morning before you're fully awake because that's when nothing annoys you you're just like in zombie mm. mode like cutting things out i hope that wasn't okay. too mean to tell you no i mean <laughs> i never want to listen to myself anytime so kudos to you for editing so many hours of footage of me well, it's crazy hours of recordings because I don't think I'd be able to do it, man. <laughs> I think it's made me, like, feel at times, like, closer to you than... I mean, we're pretty close, but I feel like just... Sometimes I feel like I'm spending extra time with you because mm -hmm. I'm hearing your voice even when you're <laughs> not around. <laughs> I'm always there with you in spirit. <laughs> you are. Do you listen to our episodes still? Well, Yeah. Yeah. Every time a new one comes out, I listen to it at least once. I do too. I've, I've Even been... if you sent it to me beforehand, which sometimes, listeners, here's a little confession. Sometimes Elena does get kind of down to the wire with editing and doesn't have a chance to send me the episodes beforehand. But I trust her with my, <laughs> with my voice to make sure that our episodes sound great. And they always do. But um, sometimes I'm hearing episodes for the first time. The same way that you all are. Mm -hmm. And I'll hear things that we talked about a couple of days earlier when we were recording. And I'll go, oh, yeah, I forgot that we <laughs> said that. I think that's one of the biggest changes that's happened over the course of doing this is like I used to like Mary Tyler Moore. Our very first episode took me like three months to edit, maybe longer. It took so long. And mm. I know the length of episode we're doing now is shorter, but sometimes not by that much. And I yeah. typically get it done in like two to three days. Mm -hmm. Which is kind of insane. But I think that speaks to us just getting a lot better at talking over time. Yeah, that's probably part of it too. But I mean, you've had enough practice at editing now that 
you can probably do it in your sleep. If only. Or first thing in the morning while you are still yep. half asleep. <laughs> so we were going to, we have a few listener voice memos. Not a lot because I found out in the past week that a lot of people don't like the sound of their own voice and don't want to send us anything. So... Is that the reason? That's what some people said. I thought it was just that people didn't like us and didn't <laughs> want us to have a happy birthday. Mm, I mean, that might be part of it. Or maybe the excuse was, I don't like the sound of my own voice. But we maybe. have a few voice memos we're going to get to. We have a few questions, but I had a few questions for you about okay. a, a, like a little bit of a retrospective looking back. Mm, okay. Okay. Go so right ahead. I'm curious what your favorite episode we've done is. That's so tricky because I feel like our podcast episodes are sort of like our children. It's hard to you know, choose one favorite because we put so much time and effort into rearing them <laughs> and then we just send them off into the world and the world will do with them what they will. But I, I'd say if there's an episode that I want to go back and listen to okay. the most, it's probably our Golden Girls episodes. Okay. I just think that we had such a nice, like, flow whenever we were recording them and we just had so many things to talk about there like that was the first episode we split into two parts wasn't it mm -hmm. I, if I remember or no right. we had already split sex in the city oh that's right we did but golden girls i think we just had so much to talk about and it's one of my absolute favorite shows of all time of course so i'm really proud of everything that we brought into that conversation and it seems like that's an episode that people have talked to me a lot about liking. Yeah. And, you know, Golden Girls is a show that's so special to so many people. So, you know, makes sense that people would have an affinity for that episode of ours as well. But I think that's probably my top spot. That's an episode that just interestingly enough, like it got a, a typical number of listens when we first released it, but it has grown like more than any other episode really since its release. Mm. And it is now, I think, very close to being our most downloaded episode. Mm. So very interesting to me because it wasn't, you know, like Mary Tyler Moore did very well, but I think it was our first episode. So when people discover the show, they just go to the start. But right. Golden Girls just kind of fell in. It wasn't our first episode. It wasn't our first episode back from our season break. It just, I don't know. I think that speaks to the fact that people still seek out so much media surrounding that show and want mm -hmm. to learn more. And yeah, I think it, it being such a beloved show definitely probably drives that too. It's like you can hear people just talk about the episodes and feel really engaged and like comforted by that because you've probably seen them so many times before. So right. What's yours? That's a hard question for me as well. I think I I really like our South Park episode. I don't know mm. why, but that one mm -hmm. in my mind, I just, I think it's because I had such low expectations going into it because I had never really gotten into South Park. 
And I ended up getting into the show like just enough and doing the research for the show was so interesting to me. And I felt like the episode flowed really well. And I thought that it was just really different from some of the other shows that we had covered. Mm -hmm. So that's probably my favorite. But I really like Mount Bushmore as well. (laughs) (laughs) That was a great one. Yes. It was just funny. I will say that South Park was probably the moment when I realized that we really could talk about any show and mm-hmm. like be fine. Like, um, yeah, we had throughout the first season, we had pretty much stuck with shows that we knew really well for the most part anyway, or we'd watched enough of to be able to talk about them confidently or at least that was the case for me. Like maybe yeah, not as no, much I agree. for you with like some of them, but I think South Park was the first show that we did an episode on that I hadn't watched all of it. If I remember right, right, that's the only one other than like the Oprah show. I I had not seen every episode of the Oprah show, but like a regular series. South Park was the first one that I just kind of handpicked some episodes to watch. So I wasn't quite sure how I was going to feel talking confidently about it. But that ended up being one of my favorite conversations we've had on this show about the censorship and about the different ways that the show kind of subverted expectations of what a show around children was supposed to be. It just kind of surprised me how much I enjoyed talking about a show that I didn't particularly love and that I hadn't seen all of, but I was just like, huh, I, there might actually be something to this little televisionary show that we have here and it gave me gave me a little more confidence maybe that's my maybe that's what people are talking about that yeah maybe um, they noticed shifts after we started being able to just talk about anything (laughs) (laughs) yeah is there a show that you would not want to ever talk about again (laughs) like (laughs) did you did we wear any of the shows out for you and kind of ruin them for you with our analysis Mm. and interpretation and whatnot you know i think out of the shows we've done the one that this isn't really answering your question but (laughs) the one that i kind of wish i could get a redo on or a show that i think we just i yeah maybe it did just sort of grate on me a little bit after the fact is the oprah winfrey show I really remembered enjoying, like, doing that episode and our, I think our final edit of that episode is like an hour, but we had almost two hours worth. That was one of the longest that we've done. Yeah. Yeah. And I cut so much from it. And it was fun. And I do think that show has had such a lasting impact. But something about, like, really delving into it in the way we did and maybe just because so much ended up getting cut it's like we talked about so much that no one ever even really heard it just like it's like soured in my mind a little bit Mm. and I just kind of wish we had taken maybe a different approach to it or something like that but I can't I don't think any show we've done has really like turned me off to a show other than like The Bachelor and Bachelorette which we weren't fans of anyway and Mm. that was kind of like not the whole point of it but we were very open about the fact that we weren't fans of it but it still needed to be talked about because it's one of the most impactful shows I think that we have talked about yeah for sure I can say without a doubt that 
whenever we were finished recording our Bachelor episode, I have never been so grateful to not have to think about a show anymore because I have been watching a couple of seasons to prepare for that episode. I've been doing all this research and everything, and I just hate everything about The Bachelor. I don't ever want it to be filling my brain, (laughs) and I was just ready to be done with it. I feel like the episodes went well, like we ended up having, you know, pretty good conversations about it and everything, but I was just so relieved when it was finished because I did not want to spend any more time thinking about it for the rest of my life. And I think that's so interesting. Like, well, one thing I think is so weird about The Bachelor and Bachelorette to me is that so many people I know, like Zach's sister was just here. And she loves reality TV probably more than I do. And we like a lot of the same shows. And she has good taste, I would say, in reality shows. But she also likes The Bachelorette. And I think it's Mm. weird, like, even the podcast I listen to most regularly, they have great taste in reality shows. But they're also watching The Bachelor, Bachelorette. And I just think, like, to me, that show is so unreal. Like, not to call it unreal because of unreal, but um, it's just so far removed from reality at all to me that it isn't enjoyable to watch. And I've been kind of curious because I know this season they have two Bachelorettes, but like even the way they source their Bachelor and Bachelorette leads is it's so manipulated. Like they keep it so within the franchise in a way that it's like, this is only real for these people like in this world and it's only real for them in the sense that they are on a tv show it's not really about the concept of the show at all yeah so yeah i don't know i it baffles me how ardent that fan base is i'm glad that we didn't really seem to get any hate from all the terrible things (laughs) that we said about the bachelor (laughs) at least i didn't notice any I did have one person tell me that they didn't like that we covered a show that we didn't like. And I thought that was interesting. Yeah, they were just like, yeah, it just seemed like you guys were hating on it. And I was like, well, I think we still like included a lot of good information. Like we weren't just ragging on it the whole time. Yeah, I mean, we always try to be as neutral as possible in our actual analysis of the show's importance, its contributions to pop culture and the ways that it has impacted our world. That's really what this podcast, Televisionary, boils down to. It's the shows that shaped us. And, you know, The Bachelor and lots of other trashy reality shows have shaped our world, whether we like them or not. So, yeah. Is there a particular quote or something that you've said that you remember that you are very like proud of or that you got a lot of like comments or people saying haha this was so funny or whatever anything Um, that stands out in your mind wow i the one quote that always stands out in my mind and i don't even know if it's good but i put it in one of the trailers which is the i said it's an unfortunate reality of reality tv And that was Mm -hmm. just like off the cuff. And I just felt like it sounded like such a good soundbite. And I remember listening to the episode back and being like, ooh, I can't believe like my brain came up with that fast enough. And I delivered it in such a nice way (laughs) that um, I don't know. I was impressed by myself, which happens 
occasionally. Like sometimes I will listen to an episode back and I'll be like, oh, I didn't I didn't realize like I actually sounded good. <laughs> like I just sounded uh-huh. intelligent or like, you know, just well spoken. Cause a lot of the times we are just talking our way through things. And I can't, I feel like I'm never funny. I can't think of any funny things I said right now. And I'm sure we laugh a lot, but I can't think of a particular quote that is mine. Mm -hmm. But I feel like Uh you have a lot of quotes that stand out in my mind as being funny. Do you have a favorite? Um, I mean, I, I don't feel like I have that many quotes that come to mind of funny things (laughs) that I've said. I mean, I know that I'm probably the most hilarious person in the world. It's no big deal. Not, but, um... I, no, I'm just kidding. I'm not that vain. I'm probably the most hilarious person in North America. Maybe not the whole world. But I think one of the funniest things that I came up with off the cuff that I'm proud of has nothing really to do with TV, but we did a mini-sode a few weeks ago, or um, maybe months ago now. I don't remember exactly when it was. It was during Pride Month. That's right. So, like, a month ago. Yeah. Anyway, we were talking about cereal mascots and how cereal companies like to make like pride branded cereals with like a box that you can write your pronouns on and stuff like that. And then come July 1st, all of those boxes just get marked down on clearance and they go into the trash because nobody at those companies actually wants to have any association with the LGBTQ plus community outside of pride month. Right. But anyway, it was like during pride month, all of the companies are trying to make their mascots seem like allies and we were talking about serial mascots that might secretly be gay and all that stuff and i said that tony the tiger is at least by curious that ended up being our episode title and that he is a dom top for sure and i was told by our friend maria who sent in a voice memo a few weeks ago so you heard her voice mm-hmm. if you listened that that was her favorite thing that i've ever said on the podcast and I think that that was a pretty clever off-the-cuff statement for me to just (laughs) rattle off. Yeah. Yeah, I loved that whole little exchange you had. I guess it's not an exchange, but that whole little riff you did, I thought was really good. And I'm glad we chose that as an episode title. So Me too. Well, I want to say that Zach was telling me his all-time favorite episode we've done is American Horror Story, which I think okay. is interesting because out of all the episodes we've done, that's the one where I rearranged a lot of things we were talking about. I remember mm. we, for some reason, we like went back at the end and added a little bit more. And then I like rearranged the order and added things in. And I remember walking away from it thinking, this episode doesn't even like make any sense. But uh, he loved it. He thought that the conversations we had and the different elements we brought up about the show were really interesting and compelling. And so, yeah, I don't know. It's so interesting to me, the episodes that resonate with different people, because I haven't met any, like, there doesn't seem to be a clear line of, like, what people that I talk to seem to love. It just seems really really random yeah i mean we try to have something for everybody on this podcast but american horror story does stand out to me too because it just is like such a different show than pretty much anything else that we've talked about and there were a lot of interesting things that i think people don't immediately think of with that show 
like the fact that it sort of sparked the whole limited series or anthology series revolution on mm-hmm. TV that's, you know, sprung up in the last decade or so. Conversations about horror on television and about nudity and sexualized nudity on television, and, you know, and non-sexualized nudity too. There's just a lot of, I don't know, interesting layers that I think we peel back that people probably weren't anticipating there, but definitely worth a listen if you've not listened to that episode. I think it's a little bit different of an approach and a different kind of conversation than we've had on some of our other episodes. And maybe that was because you kind of restructured some of that conversation <laughs> yeah. that we had to make it a little different. All right. I have, oh, I have to stop recording to play our memos. Oh, okay. Hold on. All right. So here is our first voice recording and yeah, let's hear it. Hey, it's Christian, longtime friend of the show. Um, in January 1999, the first season of The Sopranos aired on HBO. It was, I think, the show that kind of put HBO on the map. Um, I always encourage people to watch this show. Um, and I always get met with this weird resistance where people say, oh, you know, I'm not into mafia movies, I'm not into mafia shows. And it's such a short-sighted way of viewing things because it's not a show about the mafia. It's more a show about a guy who just happens to be in the mafia and he tries to balance his mafia family with his his real family um and also tries to balance that with his treatment for his anxiety and depression from his psychiatrist um james gandolfini as tony soprano is like one of the best like examples of acting out there just incredible like so so entertaining to watch the show is just so funny and so raw and so real um anytime tony and carmelo would get into these like horrible fights it just reminded me of my own family fighting and the show just kind of shows tony's kind of decline throughout five or six seasons and it kind of mirrors like the creator's thoughts on the direction america was moving at that time um, you guys should definitely check it out, talk about it. It'd be really cool to see. Thank you. Well, thank you for that suggestion, Christian. I mean, I don't want to let any cat out of the bag <laughs> here, but there's a possibility that we will be digging into The Sopranos during our little hiatus here so yes. that it could come up next season. I know. I'm... I just feel like I should like The Sopranos, and I've I have never finished it. I have tried watching it. It mm-hmm. feels like a show I should sh- that should be right up my alley. And so I'm hoping that when I do delve into it for if when we do cover it someday, <laughs> um, I hope I it hits me differently because that's what that's what happened to me with Mad Men. Mm-hmm. I tried watching that show like three or four times and I was like, this is garbage. And now it's one of my all time favorite shows. And I believe are they made by the same guy or was Matthew Weiner Weiner <laughs> Matthew? <laughs> however, Weiner Weiner um, <laughs> was he maybe a writer on The Sopranos? That I. I know that Sopranos was created by David Chase, I want to say. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think Matt Weiner was a writer on Sopranos. I'm going to look that up just to... Yes, writer and executive producer on The Sopranos. 
creator and showrunner of Mad Men. So, and I feel the same way about Mad Men and Sopranos. I watched the first like season and a half of Sopranos and just couldn't get into it. Like it just wasn't doing it for me. Um, I didn't hate it, but I was like, it felt like a slog to me to keep going mm-hmm. with it. But that's exactly what I did with Mad Men the first time I tried to watch it. I was just like, not feeling it. And then I revisited it a few years later and loved it and you know, yeah. watched the whole thing and was like, this is excellent. Why didn't I see this the first time? So hopefully the same thing would happen with Sopranos if I give it another chance. Yeah. But we'll see, I suppose. I'm also that weird person who hates Game of Thrones, even though everybody else in the world seems to be so in love with it. So I don't know. That brings up an interesting question, though, from from me. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Little me. Mm -mm. Are there any shows you wish we had already covered or any shows that we did cover that you think we should have waited to talk about? Ooh, that's a good question. I mean, I can think of several shows that people could argue we should have covered by now, but I think we have plans to cover them. We just had an approach with both of our first two seasons that we didn't want to have like too many of the same kinds of shows. And we wanted to talk more about shows that maybe more about shows that we were more comfortable with or that were a little more different from other shows that we wanted to cover. So that's why we've waited on some of these very, you know, cultural landmark kind of shows that we will hopefully be getting to in season three. As far as shows that I wish we'd waited on, I wish we'd waited until never for The Bachelor, just because I didn't want (laughs) to ever have to talk about it. But, um, you know, no discussion of the importance of, you know, certain shows within television would be complete without The Bachelor. That's just the case. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that we did talk about it and got it out of the way. (laughs) I kind of wish we had waited to talk about the Kardashians until the Hulu series was out, because I feel like I would have had a few different angles to bring up and Mm. a little bit more to talk about. I also just think they've all kind of had a major shift in their public image within the past few months. So I feel like waiting for that would have been interesting. But I feel like they are not going away anytime soon. And I feel like their story with like the public is not going to be finished like ever. So Mm -hmm. there really probably wouldn't have been a right time to talk about them. Yeah, that's probably true. All right, we have one final voicemail. Hi, this is Claire, fellow friend and listener. Um, What I love about Televisionary is how I feel like I'm sitting down with friends discussing TV shows that I have either seen or not seen, and I really appreciate that. Thanks, Elena and Cody. Cool. Thank you, Claire. And you know what? I think a lot of people tend to feel that way because I just literally right before we started talking here, well, I got this message last night. I only saw it a few hours ago, but a message from a friend, Jessica, who, if you're listening, hi, Jessica, but she started watching The Crown recently and didn't know that in season three, they changed the whole cast and, you know, like moved the timeline forward like 20 years. And she was, she just messaged me and was like, 
I don't know if you're open to just receiving TV rantings, but I just wanted to complain about how <laughs> the crown did this and I didn't see it coming and I'm kind of finding it disappointing. And I was like, I don't mind getting dumped on by t- people's TV rantings <laughs> at all because that means you are engaged with what we're doing here and just, you know, think yeah. that, you know, we are friendly people who will listen to whatever you have to say and have something meaningful to contribute in return. So I just think that's, that's cool how that kind of stuff has developed. I get lots of messages too from Aaron, uh, my friend Aaron, who has guested on our our 50th 50th episode. episode. Yeah. Basically anytime he wants to talk about a TV show, he'll just unload some thoughts on me. (laughs) And that's always fun. (laughs) Yeah. I, I feel like people tend to think I have, like really good taste in TV and I don't know if I necessarily do or not because I don't really (laughs) think I mean I think you can have bad taste like if you're only watching Big Bang Theory and like Impractical Jokers yeah you have bad taste in TV but (laughs) I think for the most part like there's just like different styles and I don't think that I always (laughs) like am indicative of what the best shows are and that that kind of it kind of weirds me out sometimes like Zach's sister was asking for suggestions and she was like well if it's coming from you like I'm gonna like I'm gonna take it but like Mm. you know please don't listen like don't let me lead you astray just watch what you want to (laughs) watch I also had a co-worker earlier today ask me for a good recommendation for a tv show that she and her husband could watch together but her husband doesn't like anything scary or super high pressure. Um, okay. He just like, but he also like loves sports and like she gave me a list of things that he says he doesn't like, but might actually like because like of examples of other things that he likes to watch. And anyway, she was like, I just don't know what to watch that he would enjoy that I would also enjoy. And I was able to very quickly give her a recommendation that she seemed very excited about. Oh, what and did you say? I told her they should watch Abbott Elementary. Okay. Which is, no, I don't think I've talked about it on the podcast, but <laughs> probably should at some point because I just watched all of it not too long ago for the first season anyway. Only 13 episodes out, but I just thought it was a very kind of endearing and classic sitcom about a Philadelphia elementary school, public elementary school, underfunded and under-resourced. Uh, with teachers who were, you know, doing their best to make things happen and inept leadership and some fun characters that I think will be fun to watch grow over time and just general silliness, but it's not like stupid. It's, you know, there's some clever humor, but it's also like just fun and lighthearted and seems like the kind of show that just about anyone can appreciate. So (laughs) definitely recommend it to all of our listeners, but I was glad that I could be the person to turn to for a TV recommendation and that I gave what I think is a good recommendation and I hope they like it. Should I watch it? Um, I think you should. I don't know that you would love it. It doesn't strike me as the kind of show that you would feel like particularly connected to. Yeah, if that's, that makes sense. That's kind of the feeling I get from everything I've seen about it. Like, yeah. oh, I'd watch it if it was on, but I don't know if it's something... I would fall in love with. Mm-hmm. Well, 
savor these last few seconds with us, listeners, because we are going away. Yeah, I guess this is the end of our season two, and we aren't sure when season three will be returning, but we promise you it will. Just give us some time to watch some shows and formulate some thoughts and get some stuff nailed down for ourselves. Um, I think that we have some exciting stuff ahead that we're very proud of, even though we haven't done it yet. We will be proud of it um, once we get it off the ground. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we are looking forward to our future. I'm sorry. I keep yawning. I guess I need a nap. I guess you, I guess we're putting you to sleep. We're just so boring. (laughs) Well, as always, follow us on Instagram at televisionary podcast. Check out our TikTok at televisionary pod, where we will continue to post during the off season daily because that beast of the algorithm requires it. So... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, please keep watching our videos, even if we don't post every single day, because, um, you know, life happens and sometimes it's not really feasible to post every day. And then TikTok just thinks that we don't exist anymore. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Videos to people if that doesn't happen every day. So that's rude of them. But it is uh, rude. Show us your support by Uh, following us there and watching our videos over and over again, even if you've seen them a million times before. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess, uh, bye. (laughs) I guess that's it. I've been Cody Hoffman. I've been Elena Hillard. And we'll catch you in season three. Woo! Woo! Bye. Bye.